Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast, the show where we showcase unusual success stories to help us all think outside the box in our lives and in our careers. I want to provide inspiration for you on how to live a better, more fulfilling life. My guest today is Kara Hammer, a reporter for the Nashville Predators NHL hockey team on Bally Sports. Now today is such a great episode. When you learn how she stuck with a dream with single-minded focus, I know you're going to be as impressed as I am. We'll learn how she worked her way up the food chain to a coveted spot as an NHL reporter, fulfilling a childhood dream. This episode is perfect for anyone looking for validation that yes, you can achieve what you set out to as long as you approach your unusual path in the right way and with the right mindset. So with that, Here's Kara Hammer. All right, Kara, thank you for joining me here on the podcast. How is it going? It's going. I'm excited. I haven't seen you. We were just talking since high school, so this is crazy. (laughs) It's very crazy, and it's a pandemic, and it's Zoom. It's all of the things. And we've known each other since how old? Since very young. So you went to Ponderosa. I went to Ponderosa, yeah. So at least... From kindergarten? From kindergarten, okay, yeah. So So probably when we were five years old. That is a very, very long time. And, you know, what I've seen, I've seen you posting this various stuff, either on LinkedIn or other social media platforms. You're doing some really interesting things. You've had a clear arc to your career and your professional life. You can see that you're doing bigger and more interesting things as time goes on. So I wanted to catch up with you and, and talk about that. So what is it that you do? Explain your story to everybody listening. Okay. Well, so currently I am the ringside reporter for the Nashville Predators. That's the professional hockey team here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, So my job consists of doing all like the in-game interviews. I, you know, conduct live interviews, a lot of stuff with fans. And it's been a crazy season because obviously COVID uh, right now we're in the postseason, So it's exciting because we uh, last night had the most fans in attendance in the national hockey league. We had 12,135 people, but uh, it's crazy because with COVID, I still have not seen a player on our team in person since February of 2020. Oh my God. So <laughs> we are still broadcasting in the pandemic last season. Uh, the team played in a playoff and they went into a bubble and they went up and were in a bubble in Canada and we were broadcasting still inside of a, a rink, socially distanced, wearing masks, all, the whole deal here in Bridgestone Arena. So you're really seeing a lot of technology come into play in my profession these days. But Whoa. And, and what's, what's a yeah. normal attendance? What pre-COVID, what's a normal number? So the, the arena, Bridgestone Arena here in Nashville holds, holds um, 17,000, I think 110. So... We're about 5,000 shy of that, but it's rocking, man. But you're getting I mean, back 12, up there. 12,000 people. Yeah, we're getting up there. So hopefully pretty soon we can fill out the whole thing, but obviously still want to keep everybody safe and, sure. and see how it goes. But, well, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and how on earth did you end up here? <laughs> What's the path? Okay. So I had a very crazy story. So my journey started, I went to college at the University of Wyoming. And while I was in school, I was an intern uh, for the local station in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So I used to commute 
45 miles from Laramie to Cheyenne to be an intern for the TV station. And I worked for a guy in the sports department named Joe Leadingham. So Joe left and they hired me to do his job because that's what happens when you work uh, as a sportscaster on local television, people move and you kind of fill in these roles. So I started in market 198 in Cheyenne, Wyoming. I worked there for two years. My first year I did news, which I knew nothing about. And if you know anything about Wyoming, there's not a lot of news happening. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a very, I, you know, I learned a lot and I also learned that I didn't care much for, you know, the stuff that comes with news, a lot of like, I guess, city council meetings and, you know, things that I thought, okay, I'm going to do sports because that's my calling. Mm. So the second year I did sports and I covered my alma mater and that was completely incredible. Um, after that, I went to Arizona and I worked for Fox Sports Arizona for a few years and we'll, we'll kind of skip that. So Joe leading hand he, uh, he took a job in Nashville and he called and he said, my, my station wants to hire a girl. Are you interested? Great and start. I said, sure. So, yep. So that's how I got here. I got here because of the man I interned for at Market 198 in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Their department wanted to hire a female and come in. And so six years ago, I moved to Nashville and I worked at the local station here called News 2. I covered the hockey team in 2017 on their Stanley Cup run, and I networked myself into the Predators and the president of the Preds that they wanted to expand their broadcast department, and they created a role for me. So that's, that's wow. how I got here, kind of in short. It's hard to sum up 12 years in two minutes, but that's my journey. That's a pretty good good way to do it. Now, did you, like, when this all began, did it begin with sports or did it begin with, I want to be in journalism or you wanted to be on camera talent? What was the initial thing? Uh, I always wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I knew growing up, you know, when we were in high school, I knew I wanted to do sports. I played softball. I played softball in college Mm -hmm. and I would go to the Bronco games with my dad and we always sat way up high and I'd say, how do you get down there? Like, I obviously can't play. I'm not good enough. How do you get down there? And he'd say, well, you could be in media. And so I thought, I want to be as close to the action as I can be without being good enough to be in the game. And so my love of just covering sports has, has led me on this journey. And I feel like the biggest thing for me has been networking and just making connections. And I always have girls ask me how I got here. And I say, it's just, it's just being a good person and helping others. Like I have had so many people help me get to where I am. And it's crazy. I've never applied for a job, which I think is hard for people to believe because everything has always just been the right place at the right time and and knowing the right person. And I'm very blessed because I love what I do every day. That is so cool. That fits the the mold exactly of what we're trying (laughs) to talk about. It's exactly right. None of it is traditional. I love it. You never no. even applied for a job. Um, no. So Cheyenne, of all places, why Wyoming? It was cheaper to go to college in Wyoming than it was to go in, Col- in Colorado. So my dad's like, just, just go across the border. I'm like, okay. Okay. So that's why I went, I went to Wyoming. And I loved it. It was an awesome experience. I learned so much. I mean, I would 
I always joke that I'm probably the only person working in the National Hockey League that branded cattle over the summer because that's what I would do with my college roommates. <laughs> so the stories so, are all true. That's what I'm <laughs> stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I learned to ride horses okay. and two-step, and I still go up to Cheyenne Frontier Days, and then wow. I come down here, and I, I put on a blazer, and I, I talk to half of our team is from Finland and Sweden, and so I'm slowly trying to pick up on some of their Finnish words, but mm-hmm. this is, it's it's kind of crazy how it's all come to fruition for me. That is crazy. And you started with the news. So how was that something that you thought at the time would that would be a springboard to sports or <laughs> where, where did that come in? Well, I don't know. I mean, I thought at one point maybe I could make it on the Today Show, but after a, a year in news, I realized I'm probably better stick with sports. So I think it was maybe the local election night when you had to cover all the the politicians running. And I thought, this is too much. I'd rather talk stats about, you know, what, what a quarterback is putting up or what kind of numbers a hockey player is doing. So. Okay. So yeah, that's interesting because I don't know anything about the news. I don't know anything about how that whole business works. I just assumed that you'd show up, there's a teleprompter, you read what's on the teleprompter, and then that's the end of that. I didn't think there was any other part of that job, but there is. Well, there's a lot of that, because when you start in local television, you do everything. So I, you know, it's more than just showing up and reading the news. I would do everything. I carried my own camera. I shot my own interviews. I would come back. I wrote my own stories. I edited my own tape, and then... You know, you kind of have maybe one producer that puts the whole show together, but really you're doing everything and then you would go on air and report it. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. This is the first job I've ever had where I do just, I don't just show up and talk on front of a camera. A lot goes into it. I do a ton of interviews. I don't have a teleprompter anymore. Everything we do is completely live and unscripted. Um, I just am fortunate that I'm not carrying my own camera anymore and somebody is editing editing the video. but. When you start out, it, they call it a, like a MMJ because you are just you are literally doing everything. But I think it made me uh, appreciate where I am more now because I had worked so hard to get here. I always think back to that camera equipment probably weighed forty pounds, and you know you're lugging it. And I flew out to, to Vegas once for the Mountain West Conference tournament, and if you've ever seen tripod sticks. You know, you carry them over your shoulder. People, I think, thought sure. I was walking through the airport with a rifle. Like, oh wow, what are you doing? What yeah. What is all that luggage? Yeah, <laughs> like I'm just going to cover some basketball games. So you're bringing so. a tripod, a camera, two microphones. What What all is the equipment that you had to bring? Oh my gosh, back in the day, a camera, a laptop, a tripod, microphone, a battery pack, four batteries. It was it's a ton of gear to cover a sure. live sporting event. So you're just like, I have the story. This is what I want to do. You're proposing the idea, and somebody says, that sounds cool. And then you say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to go fly over there yeah. and come back with some footage, and then you edit it, and then you present yep. it. So did yep. you have a lot of Pretty freedom? how it works. Um, I guess, you know, probably. You, you pitch store ideas. I mean, in Wyoming, when I started out, a lot of it was – local and you covered all the high school football games on a Friday night. And same when, when I was in Arizona, I covered Northern Arizona university. So it was pretty isolated to just football and the basketball teams. And 
here in Nashville, I guess, you know, I get to pick we every night I do something called a Hyundai report during the game. And it's a little side story that I, I pull apart and I have a lot of freedom with it, but I don't know. It's, I just try to find something. The other night, my story was about th- that in Bridgestone arena. It's so hot here. It's 88, 90 degrees. And we're trying to keep a ice on the rink frozen. And so they bring in these huge, uh, Spiral flex duct is what it's called. And there's these huge ducts and they pump in like 175,000 cubic feet per minute of air conditioning to keep the rink cold. And so like I try to show people behind the scenes of this is what it takes to play hockey in Nashville in, in, at the last week of May. Yeah. So you, so. Get to, you get to pick these, I guess, human interest or other stories other than sports. And do you do that all the time? Yeah. Or is that just sometimes? I did I did, I do it. I did it more when I worked at the local station, less now that I work, you know, for the team, I cover a lot more of the team, but I, you know, I've got to meet a lot of really amazing people in my career. And when I worked at the the local station in Nashville, a lot of it was meeting people that I, I grew up idling, you know, like got, you would get to meet Eddie George or just these athletes that I was so inspired. I tell people like one time I saw uh, Joe Sackick turned the corner at Bridgestone Arena. I about fell over. Like growing up, you know, that was my whole childhood right there. And one guy walking <laughs> yeah. down the rink. That's right. So, the Avs winning it all back then. That was such a huge deal yeah. in Colorado. Huge deal. It was. I was going to put an actual sound effect of a car screeching there, but I'm not going to do it. But I do want to stop the action for a little bit and interject if I might. I never do this, but I want you to not be a passive listener of this podcast. What do I mean by that? You've been enjoying the concept. You like hearing these stories. You like the effort that it takes to bring you these stories and inspiration. I encourage you to be active in your consumption. By that, I mean like the post where you find it. Comment on the post on Instagram or on YouTube. If you really like the show, give it five stars in Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify. Tell your friends Help me spread the word and help me grow this thing with you. I would really, really appreciate it. I'm not going to ask a whole lot of you on this show, but if you do enjoy what you're hearing, help me grow it. Help me spread the word. I would really, really appreciate it. So with that, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, I, 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 so the interesting thing, this is, this is actually really funny for me because my whole life, I've always enjoyed playing sports. Always enjoyed playing sports, yeah. every sport. Anything with a ball, I'll compete against anybody. But I never liked watching other people play sports. I never cared. I, really? I, like, I like to play Why? anything. I played everything. I played baseball, I played soccer, I like to play golf, I like to do all this stuff. But I watch other people and I've always, my whole life, thought, eh, I'd rather be just playing it. But you're the exact opposite. You like, you, you just love oh watching sports. So tell me, as somebody who is definitely in the minority, I know that most of America is avid sports fans, um, what is it about sports and observing and keeping track of stats that's always interested you? You know, I love that the story changes all the time. Each season, a a storyline starts to develop, and... I, I don't know. I, there's so I can't even put it into words. Just how passionate I am about. It. I just love the the thrill that it brings. And I I always think right now we're living in this this crazy time. I mean, obviously this pandemic has affected so many people, 
But last night in this postseason, when you're in the hockey game, I mean, that's 60 minutes where nothing else matters. You can put aside everything. You had a bad day at work. You know, maybe you have a problem wherever you are in life, but you can go and you can just let your mind escape and and just it just it just happens like you can just be in it you're and you're so into what's happening you want to root for your team and I think that's what I love about it and I I love that the, the storylines that develop I mean this season we went through a, a season where half of our team has been injured and we were supposed to be really good so we've called up we have more rookies playing right now than any team has playing in the in the NHL and this team, March 15th, I would have told you, there's no way they're going to be in the postseason. They stink. And then they turned around, and they've been awesome because these rookies came in, and here we are, and we're in the postseason. And the series is tied at two, so it's, it's that. That's what I love about it. Sure. It's always changing. Uh, on, a, <laughs> on a scale from one to ten. Always. One is, it doesn't affect me at all. Ten is, it affects, it's, as, it's the most important thing in my life. How invested are you? So win or lose, like let's say the story, if your team loses or something bad happens in the game, does that ruin your mood or your day or your week? No. You know, I'm not are that you able person. to let it go? I have colleagues okay. that, you know, after the game, if they lose, yeah. I'm not, I'm the person always smiling. I probably okay. make them feel bad because I'm still smiling after the game if they lose. But um, no, because I love it because it's just in that moment that you care so much. But then I come home and you realize there's so many things larger in life. You know, my husband was a Navy SEAL. And so he's really put into perspective, Sure. you know, just how much more there is to life because he cared. He, well, I cover athletes who are at the very top of their level, but then he was in a military branch that's at the very top of his level. Yeah. So you just realize what's important because they say like, oh, put it all out on the line. But then I look at what he did and they put it all out on the line and that's life or death. Mm -hmm. So I'm very much able to flip the script. I care a lot, but, you know, at the end of the day, I know that, that there's more important things. You can put it into the little box and you can say, okay. <laughs> well, that, yeah. yeah. I suppose if my significant other my was box. a Navy SEAL <laughs> as well, you know, that, that, that would pretty much diminish almost anything else you can think of, right? There's not much in life. That would be more intense, I would imagine. So that's interesting. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. So. Cool. Well, so you started in the news in Cheyenne. Yeah. So, th like, I have this kind of theory. I, have, I don't know if I've covered it in the show so far, but I have this kind of theory that when okay. we do something that we don't want to do, like a job that we don't like or we don't like all the aspects, you know, we kind of we kind of nudge it towards. Maybe even subconsciously, we nudge it towards the thing that we do want to do. So maybe let's say you're a video yeah. person and somebody tells you to write stuff, you'll find ways to kind of like do more videos in there or you'll, you'll, you'll sneak in a video. So it sounds to me like you're doing the news and you started sneaking sports in there, kind of thinking, yeah. I'm going to try to make sports the thing. Was that conscious or was that just something that you just gravitated towards? It was. Do you, and I think, do you remember, you know, when we were in high school and you would write out, like, where do you see yourself in five years? And remember those career path things we always had? Yeah. I would always write that I'm going to be a sports broadcaster. I mean, there was nothing in my mind that said I wasn't going to do this. And I still remember when I started in Wyoming, I, I told them, I want to be a slide reporter. And they said, oh, you got to work. You got to start in a local station. You got to start at the bottom and work your way up. 
And if you would have told me back then that I would work in the National Hockey League, I probably thought you were crazy. Because when I came here, I actually started and I used to sideline in the NFL. I, I sidelined for the Titans. And then to move over to hockey, but I knew that there was nothing else I wanted to do. I didn't have a backup plan and I still don't have a backup plan. I don't know where rinkside reporters go when this career is over because this, this is what I you know wanted to do. It was the only thing I, I wanted to be. And I think it, it really started that it, uh, probably in high school when I knew that when I wrote that out in five years, this is what I want to do. And when I was at the local station, I thought five years, I want to be on a network. And I mean, this is it, man. This is my dream job. And I'm so blessed to be here. Wow. That's so crazy. I guess I didn't, I didn't know that this was, I didn't know. I mean, I've seen since then, I don't remember when I first started seeing, you know, you had to tape here or there or, Something would show up. You're, you know, talking to some athlete yeah. here or there. I don't think it was hockey, but somewhere. I mean, obviously, this would be many years ago, but I didn't know that it was that concrete that far back. I didn't know that was yeah. the dream. That's so cool. All mm-hmm. right, so and I, I, yeah, I think ahead. it's cool because I've covered, you know, so many things. Like when Cheyenne, I did rodeo. I mean, I covered so much rodeo, and you just meet people on this journey. I think that's the coolest thing about this job is all the people you get to meet, um, you know, it's very, very fascinating. And are you sport agnostic? Do you care what it is? Do you care if it was football or soccer or hockey? <laughs> just, just put me down there. Um, you know, I guess, I don't know. I, my first love is college basketball and I don't ever work in Denver because I think I'm too much of a homer for the Denver team. Like I feel like, I, I don't know if I would be as cool if I saw Von Miller walking down the street <laughs> as I am when I see some of these. Because <laughs> I'm just a big fan. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't know. I don't know much about soccer, so I probably wouldn't be very good at that. Okay. But So it does matter. It matters. It, it probably does. Yeah, like tennis, I don't know. Okay. I would just yell love. I don't know what, what that means. I don't cover it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Super nice. Yeah. So you're shadowing for somebody and they open up a position. What was the next step then? Let's go into the next one um, after Cheyenne. After Cheyenne to Arizona to come here. Mm-hmm. You so, said you wanted to skip over Fox Sports. Is that, is that deliberate? Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was just, you know, it's just kind of like all the same. You go from okay. one station, then you okay. go to another station, and then you just learn and you meet people. I was really lucky in Arizona. I work with a group of women and that I love that because sports is a lot. It's very male dominated, obviously. Um, so I, I really work with a lot of women and I think that's helped me in my career is being around successful, intelligent women, all very comfortable in their own skin. So I could learn to be that way. And then, um, I always take that here. When I joined the broadcast team here, there was another girl her name is Lindsay Rowley and she welcomed me into this broadcast team with open arms and I always have to give her credit because you know like we're, we're we kind of compete in a sense we both work for the same broadcast team we're covering the same stories but I mean I got here and she was like you're one of us now and I think that is gives so much credit and I I would hope that that's how it is in every industry for every woman to help each other out when we work in such a male-dominated field. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And have you always been? I don't know. Probably didn't really answer your question. Kind of no, started. no, that's actually really fascinating. I just saw that movie about uh, Fox News. Actually, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's Nicole Kidman, and obviously that's a very scandalous. Was it pro- Bombshell? Yeah, Bombshell. Uh, that paints a yeah, horrible picture of being a woman, <laughs> or potentially horrible. Yeah. Um, so, w- did you have? Did you always have people who had your back, or were there certain places or situations where you felt uncomfortable, or where it wasn't so nice? Um, I'll say that I've worked in places where I feel like you know some of the the men would look at me when I was younger, and you're just kind of young, and they kind of treat you that way. Um, I definitely feel like I had earned a lot of respect and, you know, you're in the public eye. So you also deal with a lot of, uh, what do you call them? Keyboard warriors. Keyboard warriors. Yeah. You know, trolls. people aren't very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Trolls. Um, you, you know, I really dealt a lot with that here in Nashville because I don't say the word Titan the way that a lot of people here think it should be said. So when I covered the, the team, it got it got kind of ugly for a while there for me. Um, really? So, you know, that's part of it, just learning to deal with that. And, you know, I don't know. Social media, you love, you love it and you hate it at the same yeah. time. But, you know, I'm it, very lucky because I feel like our fan base is good. So That is good. I think about that all the time. I really do. Um, I think about that particular thing you said all the time. Social media, because... If I read the comments on pretty much anything on the internet ever, I will be depressed, yeah. angry, or filled with rage. Yeah. But even things like reviews, like you got podcast reviews. I'll look at somebody else's podcast, and I'll look at the reviews, and you'll see like five star, five star, then one star, one star, like, you know, great, great show, except for when you <laughs> opened your mouth about this, or like stick to this and not that, and just so much <laughs> hatred, you know? And you think like it affects everybody. And, yeah. Um, but... You know, I I guess in I was in my naive way, I thought maybe you would have been immune because maybe it's like a certain subsection, but it's crazy. So what happened when you pronounced the word Titans wrong? What is the right way? Well, um the the, the first one is my favorite and I'm I'm comfortable with it now cuz a few years have passed, but they, I I was on a meme and it said you had one job, say Titans. And <laughs> No, you were memeified. You remember back in the day that used to be the slogan, like you had one, you had one job. Yeah. And um, that that was it. But football is kind of a whole different beast. I think that's, I mean, football fans are, are something else. So, uh, you know, I always feel bad. I even feel bad for the people that run the social media accounts for these teams because you forget behind them is a real person. Yep. And if an athlete makes a mistake, like it's not the person who runs the social media account's fault. Like you don't need to attack them yeah. over what's happening. Yep. So that goes into the social media thing. But, you know, I try not, I, I don't read the comments always. And our, our hockey fans are a lot, a lot better. Like we, we, they're very supportive and, and things are always good when the team is good. So right. we like that. But if they lose, then it's your fault. Yeah. Then yeah okay but you know everybody has an opinion so right. I just try to so when when you become a meme you know, the punches I guess how do you how did you <laughs> find out that you became a meme did somebody tell you say hey by the way or what well no I think the person like tagged me in they it. tagged I mean, you it was, oh wow okay so yeah just like Twitter this then. Back, I, I I think this might have been a Facebook one I used to have Facebook I don't anymore but that because used of this. to 
you quit it? Yeah, probably because of that. I don't know. And then, you know, mm-hmm. political and people are just awful on those things. It's it used really to be bad. like, yeah. you post pictures of your kids and you liked it. And then next thing you know, it's, oh my gosh, you're an awful person. Don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> think how I think. So that's why I backed off. That's good. And it's good that you don't have to deal with that. It's good that you don't need social media for your livelihood. Because that's where things yeah. get tricky. Then you get then you your ego it gets all wrapped up in what's happening and then you you start to equate your sense of self-worth with what they say. And that's always mm-hmm. dangerous. But it's interesting because in in our profession, especially on the local level, a lot of the the local news is turning into more social media. When I worked at the the station here, before taking the national job, a lot of what we did had to constantly be posted on Facebook because more people were checking their Facebook than they were turning into the nightly news. Mm. So you're in this, it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Okay, you want to put your story out there and you want people to watch it, but then you got to deal with the comments. But when you're on the news, like, you know, you could talk back to your TV and I can't hear you. So Mm -hmm. that didn't really happen. (laughs) True. Does it affect you? Or are you really good about separating that? Are you able to say, whatever, I'm just going to do my thing? Or does it bother you when you get negative negative things like that? Um, I, I don't know. I, it bothers me. It, I'm probably a little more sensitive than some of my colleagues. Um, but, you know, you just realize there's bigger things in life and life goes on and that's it. So... Yeah, I don't know. I'm the same. That's way. a hard one to answer. It is hard. You know, you feel really good when somebody says a nice comment, and so you want them to keep commenting. But then that one person—that sometimes they're hard to get over. That's so true, and and especially if you're putting out, putting in so much work, right? And I think also back in the early days, like if you're putting in tons and tons of work, you're doing this enormous solo effort. You're going from here to the finish line, and there's all of that work in between. And then you get to the final product, and somebody's like, you suck. (laughs) Damn it. And that's all you have. And that's it. You don't have anything else to go off of. Nobody was, like, cheering you on the whole way. You're just by yourself, and then you get there, and they're like, you suck. Or they'll pick apart the one thing you are the most self-conscious about of the whole process. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Ugh. I, I, I feel but. that very, very, uh, very strongly. <laughs> it's, I, I think everybody deals with it. It's such a weird part of our life. Well, I hope, hope nobody's commenting negatively on your podcast because it's awesome. Oh, well, thank so. you. <laughs> I do my best. No, but it's weird. Like YouTube, YouTube, I'll get the strangest things. I'll post something on YouTube. Somebody will like it or sometimes nobody likes anything at all, which is its own kind of problem as well. You do something and nobody says anything. That's that's another yeah. issue. Then you're like, oh, my God, I'm living in a void. I'm all alone in the universe. You know? <laughs> and then, like, you get no comment, no comment. But, like, sometimes I'll get a random YouTube comment and and, and I'll, I'm, I'll check. That's the thing. I, I have to check. Even though I know I'm a philosophical person, I'm okay, and it doesn't affect my sense of self-worth, but you you still look at, like, who's saying that? And sometimes, like, because like, yeah. I posted a thing about a microphone, actually about reviewing this thing right here, um, just a little, in, you know, harmless little pop screen. That's it. I just did a little review of it. And somebody's like, wrong, completely wrong. This video is... <laughs> And I'm like, who's saying that? And why are they saying it? So you click their information, right? And it's probably like a 12-year-old kid. Their account is just full of total gibberish. You don't even know. Yeah. Like, what kind of human being is this? That this is like, 
and that's just the way it is, you know. But it's 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 weird, and it's such it is such a double edged sword, I think, because you want to reach think, people, but yeah, you don't want to reach everybody. <laughs> you want to reach the people who like you <laughs> and who think like you. Only the positive people. That's right. That's How do you do that? I don't know, but I'm very glad that we didn't have like you know the social media thing. Maybe we had a little MySpace in college, but yeah. you know, I'm very blessed that we didn't have it when we were younger. Because oh. you know, I don't know. It's already tough to be a kid anyway. Now you got to deal with all the stuff that comes with it on the internet. So, do you have kids? No, no, no kids. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I have a, a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and that stuff, it terrifies me. It terrifies me. I mean, it's... Yeah. I I get so worked up thinking about what kind of world she's going to grow up in, also with the iPad and just being a social media native. Kids can be so brutal to each other. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. one of those people that's, like, against Gen Z. I, you know, I think they got, they got screwed on a lot of things. You know, a lot of things. Like, imagine being in college during a pandemic. You know how much that sucks? That's horrible. Yeah. Nobody wants yeah. that. That's terrible. So they got screwed on a lot of things, but they can be so mean. Like, I, I a family friend, they have a, I guess she's a bit older now, but a, a middle school-aged daughter. And the, the level of bullying that goes on on social media is through the roof. Just through the roof. I mean, you post something and you get all these kids saying, like, kill yourself. Like, literally kill yourself. Oh, my gosh. And they're just so mean and they pick apart each other's flaws with, like, such laser pinpointed accuracy. It's, yeah. It's, um, it's scary. But it's it like, it's- and, and they all want to be TikTok stars. Every one of them. So. Did you download TikTok during the pandemic? Uh, I had it before, and I go on there, and I don't know what my relationship to TikTok is at this moment. It is a very strange place to be. It's a very, very weird... It was like landing on the moon the first time I opened TikTok. I was like, oh, here's a world that I clearly know nothing about and have never experienced in my life up until now. Yeah. And then I did what they say you should do. I browsed content for about an hour, just seeing all this. I still... I don't know if my opinion has changed much. I use it. I post videos on TikTok. Not the right yeah. ones, of course, because it's not like it's not four <laughs> second dance routines of me just doing whatever. Um, but again, you know, it's you can reach a lot of people, but it's it's weird what they want. So mm-hmm. and also there's a lot of bullying and a lot of negativity there as well. If you get on the wrong side of like any platform, like your video can be seen by 200,000 people. But if it's not the right video you run the yep. risk of 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 doing that and you know i started i did a satirical thing i did like a satire because i've always i think what you are to sports was me like stephen colbert or satirical type of uh, comedians conan o'brien those are the kind of people that i really idolized in high school and and so colbert did the colbert report where he played a satirical figure so i created a satirical social media influencer that i did for a while but actually, TikTok really kind of led me to stop doing that because some of the people, like, I'd post something and it would sometimes go really far. Sometimes get like 70,000 plays. Half of the people would get it. Half of the people would think I was serious and they would respond. And then I was just like, whoa, this is like way too much for me to handle. So I backed off. Yeah. It's, That's crazy. You know, I'll share a story with you. So sure. this happened to me this year, but talking about video going, you know, too far to the wrong place. I had an incident with a player and he was, oh, they were down 
four goals. It was very negative. It was during the second intermission. And I said, hey, what's the mindset coming out? And I've interviewed these same players for four years. In the back of my mind, I thought he would come and say, oh, we just one goal at a time, you know. But he responded to me of, go score five goals. And it, it was nothing. You know, we just, we skirted past it. And then it got posted in Canada. And then it went so viral in Canada and the hate just kept coming. I had to, I had to log off Instagram because of, what? of the question and the answer. And people just couldn't believe I would ask that and couldn't believe he would respond that way. And we both got put in a situation where we looked like I'm the world's worst reporter in Canada. He's the angriest hockey player in the National Hockey League right now. And, you know, afterwards he, he came out of, of just recently and said, I felt so bad for Kara because she took all this heat when I was in the heat of the moment of a hockey game. And it just goes to like, if that would have never got posted by that one person, it would have not been a thing. Right. You know, it's just. So what, what was your mistake crazy. there? What was so bad about that question? That, well, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that, that out. That seems harmless. <laughs> what were you supposed to say? I don't get it. It's, it's, it's tough because, I, okay. I, you know, we don't want to be negative. They're already losing. Right. And we want them to, to turn things around. Obviously, we want them to come and score five goals in the third period. Right. Um, so, I, you know, I've, I've racked my brain over and over. Well, what should I have done? Should I have asked yeah. something different? Should I have done this? But I thought, you know, I always do my job the same way. It's the first time anything like this has happened. I have a great relationship with that particular player. And it was one moment. That got put out, and you know, I'm just—I guess I'm just not liked in Canada. But okay, <laughs> I live in America. That's gonna be a bumper sticker. <laughs> I'm just not liked in Canada. Yeah, Canada's <laughs> off limits. Okay, I don't need my passport anymore. But it's funny because I love Canadians. They're like the <laughs> nicest humans on the planet. What? That boggles the mind. But you know, it it, it does bring back. So tying in with the theme of this show in general. So you have chosen a profession, as not many people do, or maybe a lot of people want a profession that's in the public yeah. eye. You've chosen a profession where your face is out there, your personality is out there. Um, and I think well, we live in a generation where a lot of people, a lot of kids want that. Everybody wants to be a celebrity. I think very few people yeah. are aware of what it means to be a celebrity. They just assume that it's all just tons of money and good things. Now that you've kind of been doing this for a while, is that something that you're happy about, or would you say that it's a definite negative thing? Does it affect you? Do you? How do you feel about being uh, on-air talent now? Well, it's interesting because I live in a city with a lot of celebrities, probably like you in LA. Uh, the difference is we don't have paparazzi, and so a lot of people live here for the perk of they can roam about freely without being put in a tabloid. So for me to be an on air talent here, I'm, I'm really nothing when, you know, Carrie Underwood is at our hockey game last night. So it's kind of like this, this weird thing where maybe if I lived in a city where a lot of other high profile people lived, their talent might be, I, I, I guess, considered more, I don't know, celebrity status. I don't feel that way here. And it's interesting because, you know, working in sports doesn't pay as much as most people would think, you know, like what the athletes make compared to what the broadcast team makes is significantly right. different. 
Um, so I don't know, I guess I, I don't really think about it. I don't really think about being like this, this person. I think I, I'm just this person that I love sports. I love what I do. I want to talk about sports. And if I didn't do it on TV, I'd probably like do it on radio or I would learn to be a better writer so I could do it for a newspaper just because I want to cover, cover a team. That's so cool. So you're able to live in that positive zone the great majority of the time. The vast majority yeah. of your time is, I love what I do. I show up to work. I do my job. And yeah. every now and again, you get tagged in something. And you go, oh, God, like that one. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, what should I, what could I do now? I, uh, yeah. The first hate mail I ever got was when I, in Cheyenne and somebody physical said, mail? you should, well, I guess maybe it was physical mail back then. Whoa. Because I don't think I had Facebook. Okay. So somehow it got to me and the person said, you should quit news and you should go be a realtor like everybody else in your industry that can't make it. So I've always thought, no matter what I do, I'm never going to be a realtor. <laughs> That's because the one thing. That one piece of hate mail. <laughs> no more realtor. No more realtor. But well, so that won't be the next to be in right now. Yeah. No. But maybe if you get lucky, you know, you can be like one of those great announcers, right? Those announcers who basically die behind the microphone, you know? Maybe you can be like 90 years old. You'll become like a local <laughs> legend. And then you have to be at the game, you know? It'll be like bad luck if you're not there. Is that Would that be a dream? Yeah, like a, like a Vince Scully. Yeah, and like a Vince Scully. Team yeah. forever. Oh, you know, that would be the dream. That would be the so. dream? Like, yeah, probably. They win the Stanley Cup. You take your dying breath. <laughs> You're 98 years old. <laughs> you, you sign off for the day, and that's it. That's the dream. All I all I want to do do is drink out of the Stanley Cup. I haven't worked for a team that's won one yet. Okay. So yep. This is this is it. That's yeah. a great goal. So along those but, lines, what what's next? What's your next goal or target or just do this? Um. Yeah, I think just. Just do this, you know, I, I'm one of, I guess I'll be one of 32 when Seattle has their hockey team. And that's what I tell myself every day, you know, when I have a hard day or I think maybe I don't make enough or this and that stuff that comes with, with, you know, or, or the hate mail and things of that sort. I think I'm one of 31, it's 31 people right now. So I'm one of 31 people right now that get to cover a national hockey team. And it's, um, I don't know. It, it It's hard to put it into words. And I know this is a podcast, so I should find words to describe that. But it's really this, this feeling of I never thought I would be here, even though this is what I knew I wanted to be. So, I don't know. No, that's really great. Sorry. I'm not very good at describing oh, it. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Well, it's just when you love something so much. I, I feel that it's it's like it inspires me to do something. I, it's uh, <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's great. Uh, yeah. So somebody else, uh, one thing I like to ask is if somebody wanted to follow in your footsteps, maybe there's a young girl out there who loves sports mm-hmm. and maybe has similar ideas. What would you say to that person? Well, my my big thing is like I mentioned before, like I I never had to apply. It was always like networking. So I think you know, know the people that you work with now, even at that beginning job, like it was that guy, Joe in market 198 that got me to Nashville, that being here helped propel me up to work for a network. 
So know the people that you're with now, because a lot of these people are going to go on to be successful and you can use them when going forward. Um, I also like to tell people, if you don't like a job right away at, at a station, maybe you don't, you didn't get the sports job, but they have a news job, take that job or take the job behind the scenes because there's always an opportunity to grow. Like you're not just going to be the next person on ESPN straight out of college. You do have to work and you have to, to learn kind of the ropes. And so I tell people like, just take every opportunity that's awarded to you. I was an intern for two years before they hired me and it wasn't paid. And I know there's a lot of controversy surrounding the unpaid internships right now, but I am in full support of them because I learned more doing that than I would have ever learned just taking another job trying to get my foot in the door. If you don't mind me asking, how did you literally survive with an unpaid internship? How did you literally pay your bills? Well, I was still in college in my first year. I I made $20,000 a year, so I still don't know how I survived out of that either. But um, I guess, yeah, I don't know. That's probably what other people have have to think about. Luckily, I was still in school, so I was doing the college thing when I was interning. But it's tough, and it's still tough to, yeah, eating ramen, and it's still tough to break into this industry because still doesn't pay very much at the lower levels, but there's an opportunity to grow. And I think that's the biggest thing. Do you really, I think people, if you really want it, people should just follow their dreams. That's what I read. You know what I did? I read that book. You are a badass. Have you read that? No, I haven't, but I will. Oh, you got to read this book. Okay. It is. I was kind of unhappy when I worked at the local station and I read the book and I was like, okay, what I'm going to do. I knew this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. And so when I reached out to the, how it happened was I reached out to the president of the hockey team and we started this conversation and he said, okay, I'll expand the broadcast team and, and brought me in. But really it was reading that book. Great. I'm going to, I'm going to buy it right after this. Going to buy it immediately. (laughs) You should. I will. I promise. I'll read it. I guarantee you. Um, That is such, such a cool story. So uh, what is like the biggest lesson that you would say that you've learned or what's, what's uh, something that's helped you get here? I think just probably feel confident in what you're doing. I mean, if, yeah, that's probably the biggest lesson. Trust in who you are, believe in who you are. And if you want something, go get it. And, you know, it's the best thing about my job and, uh, my profession is in live TV. If you kind of have a crappy day on air, you're going to have another day. So you just, you know, be better the next time. And I think that's what I've learned. Because obviously when you're starting out, you make a, a ton of mistakes and, you know, you don't always have your best show. And I still stumble over words and don't say the word Titans correctly, but you just, you move on. <laughs> you move on and you keep going up. So that's sure. what I like about it. That's really great. And, yeah. and what, what again, what's a typical day look like? Um, every morning we have a production meeting uh, on a game day. So we, we meet in the morning at 9 a.m. as a broadcast team and we go over the show and what our hops are going to be. And we put together what my Hyundai report is going to be. And then I get to the rink at 4.15 and I do a player interview over a headset at 5.00. And then the the show starts and I just kind of sit by and 
take notes, wait for my first intermission interview. That's, that's kind of my day. It's really not that difficult. <laughs> and then, okay, but how many hours? Is that like a 12 hour from start to finish or? Yeah, it's okay. a long day. It's a long it's, day. Um, yeah, because all day, you, you know, you're thinking. We, I guess I should add in there, we, we do a Zoom with the coach. So we meet with the coach and we put together notes and I'm constantly preparing and then, you know, I get ready and put put on some makeup and do my hair and, and go to the rink. And I always have to like, I really, I get there early because I really have to get into, into the game mode. Like you have to just put aside your, the normal other part of the day and then get into to the zone of what, what I'm trying to do. So cool. Such yeah. a cool story. It's really awesome. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to a couple like little rapid fire questions here to round okay. up. Thank you for your time. Very, very fascinating stuff. The energy just radiates off. A uh, few people <laughs> are as passionate about what they do. I think I can say that. Uh, I, I want to know what were the other what were the what what were the other jobs that people were so passionate about? Well, you know, music is obviously one. Um, <sighs> people who have made a, a life. And that's the cool thing about this podcast. That's why I wanted to choose unusual things, things that would help me think and also help me in my own life just to categorize things and get inspiration from people who are doing stuff. But I think there are commonalities. You know, obviously, one guy who has, he has his home turned into a music studio, Scott Frankfurt, wow. he was an earlier one. And he has the nicest studio you've ever seen and it's also his home, and it's in Southern California, and he has a pool, and it's this beautiful space that's just been designed over years and years and years. And he gets to do what he loves. He gets to have Earth, Wind, and Fire come in there and record. Wow. Like Sergio Mendez or Jazz Legends. So when you look at his life from the outside, you're like, okay, that's a pretty cool life you've carved out for yourself. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's often stuff like that. or. Another guy who is also in music, but he's a songwriter, and he just takes a little keyboard and guitar wherever he goes. He's on the beach all day, every time he's in California, and he just comes up with songs, and he makes his whole living from writing songs. But if if you looked, I mean, and there's, of course, stress. There's always downsides and negative things that go with anything. But if yeah. you looked at his life, again, from the outside, you wouldn't see much other than a guy who's pretty much just relaxing all the time and sometimes playing music for other people, right? Yeah. So there's almost always some variation on on the structure of the life being good or conducive to what people like, which I find I fascinating. You know, and obviously some people have practical limitations. Like some people, I know a guy in the film industry, but they're working like 14, 16 hour days. That's normal here in LA. That's the craziest part about the LA yeah. industry. You're you're gone all day. So if you've got kids or something like that, it's very, very hard. You can succeed, but you'll never see your family. Mm -hmm. So, and that's great for some people. Some people are single. They're in that part of their life where they don't care. They're willing to work yeah. 90, 100 hours a week. But other people, that work-life balance is more important. So, uh, you know, it's there's just all kinds. I mean... I did not that I've met him, but I just listened to Alex Trebek's autobiography. He seemed like he had a pretty dang good life. Show up yeah. two days a week to film Jeopardy, make $11 million a year. How bad could that be? Yeah. I'm in the wrong business. I mean, I got to 
got to yeah. think about what other medium I can go into here. You just got to attach yourself oh. to something where you are the face of something. You have to become the voice of your team. Yeah. <laughs> when you can do right? that. Or like, you know what, maybe the next meme that you'll become, like you'll do something or you'll say something and then they will score those five goals or like some miracle <laughs> that's never happened before in the history of hockey will happen. Genius. And yeah, and then you will be the prophet, the oracle who saw it all and then yeah. you're, I think you'll go straight to the top. I will say that there have been moments when you talk about people finding success that I've definitely felt it where I, I look around and I think, I mean, you grew up where I grew up, you know, you know, we're kind of like where we went to high school and what we did. And I mean, when we would go out to you, it was like to the Olive Garden or to the Red Robin. Like, we, I don't feel like we were very cultured outside of our, our bubble of Aurora, Colorado. So, nope. you know, like just to be here and I, I, sometimes I'll look around and I'll think like, wow, I have, I, I did it. Like, I am going to soak this moment up. I want to remember this moment forever and I think I I felt that way because I used to you know Eric Church country singer um I used to see him when he would play shows he came up to Laramie Wyoming when I was in college just small town bars or plays the Grizz Rose in Denver in front of a couple hundred people and then I saw him at Red Rock and he stood up on this stereo and he just put his arms out like this and he just soaked in the moment and I'm like I don't know him he's Eric Church but you could just feel it in his soul that he was taking in that moment and so I feel like after that I've always thought I'm gonna I'm gonna do that I'm gonna take in the moment and I'm just gonna appreciate it because it might not last forever and there's 10,000 other girls that would just do anything to have this job I think that's why I'm so appreciative of it because I know how how warranted it is and how bad people want it that sounds like the exact right approach. I get that, and I feel that completely. Very cool. Well, then I think, I mean, there's not much more we can say beyond that. I can't really go up from there, I don't think. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good place to put a cherry on top. But I do want to okay. ask, you know, for a blanket question. So what is the best piece of advice? Could be from the book that started all, but what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Oh, wow. You know, okay, the best piece of advice, it has, it just is totally specific to my job, but it was, don't think about the second question you're going to ask, listen to the answer. And I always have taken that. If you ask somebody, you know, my, my whole job is interviewing. That's all I do. This isn't, I'm not used to, this is probably why I'm not very good on this side of things because I ask <laughs> That's right, we can switch, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would be really great if I interviewed you. So we might have to do this again. Okay. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I think that was the biggest thing I ever took away is if you don't listen to the first answer, I mean, because your second question, you may have an awesome second question, but man, you could have an even better one if you listen to what their answer is because you could feed off of that. So if you're a, a journalist or a reporter, or whatever it is, it, where you're interviewing people, I think that's the best advice I've ever been given. One question. So go in as a blank slate. Don't prepare. Yeah, well, we prepare, but like, okay. just, you know, if you ask, like, I ask three questions every interview, yeah. and so I, I think, well, first I'm going to ask this, second I'm going to ask this, 
but to, to not so much think about that second question, have it in the back of your mind, but really listen to what the person is saying in that first answer. Cool. I've got to work on that. This yeah. is good. I'm going to take that one to heart as well. I'm going to try to, <laughs> try to absorb it. Um, I'll leave the last bit for you for to do promote whatever you want to promote. What do you want people to do? <laughs> do you want them? Where can they support your team or support <laughs> you or follow you on Twitter or you know what would you like? Well, I to guess promote? you can follow my Twitter. It's just at Kara Hammer. Um, if you want to watch the, the Preds are in the playoffs right now. We are on Valley Sports. Uh, they're taking on the Carolina Hurricanes in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The series is tied at two, so we have a big Game Five coming up tomorrow. Um, yeah, but we're we're no longer Fox Sports. We're Valley Sports now. So it was just a name change. Still the same broadcast team, but that's where people can can tune in or follow me on Twitter. Okay, cool. Can you watch it online, or is, do you have to have cable for this? Um, Dustin, can you watch the games online? I think there's a Valley Sports app. See, I'm not very good okay. at this. <laughs> and the, the next game is, I mean, obviously this is going to air. <laughs> By the time it airs, it will be irrelevant. But the next game is tonight or tomorrow? or when? So, so we have a game Tuesday and uh, game five Tuesday, and then we'll play a game six Thursday here in Nashville. Uh, and this is going to air this Friday. So the result might be determined by the time this airs. It, it might be. Or you know what? We might Ooh. be in a game seven by Saturday. And we've really got to pump this out there because it's going to be a good one. Exciting. But, okay. I will try yeah, to find well, a way to, ever, to do this. Yeah. If ever you and your wife you come down to Nashville and it's a, it's an amazing city. You know, I would I would love that because I've heard nothing but good things. And I've always had this thought that maybe I'd be a great country music lyricist in the back of my mind just because I love the lyrics. <laughs> I love, you know, and I, yeah. and I was referencing the song A Boy Named Sue when we named our daughter with the unusual name. I was thinking of the lyrics of A Boy yeah. Named Sue about how giving that unusual name caused him to become <laughs> so tough and such a good person. You know, I think about that. So um, I would love to go to Nashville. I've never been. I've only heard nice things. I'm glad you like it there. That's cool. Yeah, you said. And speaking of names, I mean, I, I, I never appreciated my last name until I got into sports because... I don't think anybody here calls me Kara. It's just the hammer. The hammer. And so I'm like, thanks, Dad. This is awesome. Thanks for this awesome forty last name you already gave me. <laughs> That's true. It could be like a lot worse, yeah. you know. It could be like the noodle or something. It could be you know, like the hammer. It's strong. It's authoritarian. It's a winner's name. It is. Yeah. I it's a very Palmer. good Palmer. What does that even yes. mean? I don't know. I, I hold things in my hand. Uh, anyway, I don't know, but you were Boss Palmer for a while. That's right, so I, I was. Enjoy that. I know, that's right, and that's what I'm saying. But then TikTok broke my spirit. I don't know. Maybe it'll resurge. It'll oh. make a resurgence. We'll see. I hope so. Well, come visit but Nashville. You'll love it. You'll go down and see great artists and eat some really good food. Let's do and it. We got it all, man. Great place. Sounds so. good. Well, thank you. We'll yeah. keep in touch. I'll be following up with you after. But uh, with that, the official podcast is over. Thanks for listening to the Beat the Often Path podcast. If you've been enjoying this show, please like, comment, share, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to me on YouTube. It would mean the world to me. Also, do you have an unusual success story or do you know someone who does? Well, please recommend them to me. They could be a future guest on this show. Maybe they've rolled the largest boulder down the mountains of Tibet. Or maybe they built the world's largest chicken farm in Madagascar. The point is, I don't know what I don't know. So I'm looking for inspiration and unusual success stories. 
So help me by being a part of this adventure. I'm looking to grow this podcast with you. Thanks again for listening.